Alright, alright, okay, okay, what's up everybody, it's Only Talks Facts, we're here to spit the facts like always, of course, hope you guys are doing great, it's a beautiful day out so far here today, it's about quarter to ten, um, this is not my AEW Revolution review, I'm going to review that for you guys later on, I know a lot of you, including myself, are disappointed with the ending, but I'm going to explain why that ending right there, it doesn't define AEW's future, it doesn't, you know, it was a bad botch right there that happened, you know, I'll get, like, my opinions on, like, whether it was a botch or whether it was planned, you know what I mean? But we move on from that. Of course, it's going to be jokes, you know, from for a while about it, and that's fine. You know, it's whatever. It doesn't, it's not going to kill the company. Everybody's, some people are making it seem like, oh, that's going to kill the company. Oh, my God, because you want it to fail. That's why. But we'll talk about that later on. And I thought it was a good pay-per-view, by the way. I just want to mention that. I just want to mention that. I thought it was a good pay-per-view, and, you know, I'm not... Looking at the finish, like, you know, how... I'm not going to look at the pay-per-view... I'm not going to look at the pay-per-view based on that finish. You know what I mean? It didn't ruin the pay-per-view for me. It was still a great main event. It still was. So I'm not going to let that ruin it for me. Some of you want to do that. That's fine. I don't care. It's whatever. But let's talk some basketball right here. Because yesterday... Because yesterday it was announced after Blake Griffin cleared waivers, he is expected to sign with my Brooklyn Nets. And I want to give you my thoughts on that. So Blake Griffin is a six-time NBA All-Star. He could potentially be a future Hall of Famer. Potentially. Because he's up there. Because, you know, a lot of my generation has seen him and they know what kind of great basketball player he was in his prime. Is he washed up? I'm not going to say he's washed. That's a bit of an overstatement. If he doesn't play good for the Nets, then I would say so. Because now you have guys that will elevate him. Like Kyrie, like Harden, and like KD. These guys can elevate him. If they can't, then yeah, I'll say he's washed. So it's only for the remaining of the season. So I, I don't know if he'll be with the Nets going forward after this year. We'll have to wait and see. But I think it's a good signing for the Nets. You know, I actually didn't think the Nets were gonna. I didn't think the Nets were gonna bring him over. You know, he preferred going to Brooklyn. That's what I heard. Like on Friday, I'm thinking, okay, so let's see when he clears waivers on Sunday. So yesterday, and we'll see what happens. And it says he's expected to sign with the Nets. It's gonna be for the rest of the season. It's gonna be a minimum contract, I believe. So it won't be a lot of money. You know, and he hasn't dunked. Here's a here's a funny thing. He hasn't dunked since 2019. You know, and we, sh- we we saw him in Detroit. He just didn't look... I don't know, he just didn't look good at all, to be honest. In Detroit. And you look at right here, you look at this right here. So Griffin had interest from the most of the NBA's top playoff contenders and cleared waivers yesterday. Last night after agreeing to a buyout on the remaining $56.5 million left on his contract with the Pistons. So that's something right there. So Brooklyn will be... Will be in the luxury tax next season. The most they could offer Griffin as a free agent is the $5.9 million taxpayer mid-level exception. However, Griffin will earn $29.8 million from Detroit next year and has $255 million in career earnings. Okay. So wherever he's going to be next season, Detroit's still paying his contract. But this is something right here because you know what? Brandon Griffin, and we know Griffin's not going to start. Most likely he won't. I mean, unless if Jeff Green is out 
or if he struggles, then you probably will see Griffin start. Then you'll probably see a lineup of... What's the best bet lineup right here? Because you don't want to take Joe Harris out of the lineup. You know what I mean? And I really don't want to take Bruce out of the lineup. Mm, I mean, I'd say the best lineup for the Nets, I would say Harden, Kyrie, Harden, Kyrie, Bruce Brown, Katie, and Griffin. You know, that... mm, that's you know it's kind of hard. You don't want to take Bruce Brown out of the line, but you don't want to take Joe Harris out of the line because Joe Harris has been a sniper this year. He's the best three point shooter in the game right now, despite you know Curry winning last night. That's whatever. I mean Joe Harris didn't have to be in it because he is the best three point shooter in the league right now. He's proven that, so it doesn't really matter. But that's the best part there. You don't want to take Bruce Brown out of the lineup with his defense and what he brings to the game. You know, and anytime he plays. You know, long minutes on the court for the Nets, and that's win ball games. When he's not on the court as much, the Nets don't win ball games. You know what I mean? So, you don't want to take him out of the line. So, I could deal with Joe Harris coming off the bench. You could have Joe Harris late in the game. You know, you could have him on the court instead of Bruce Brown later, late in the game when you need to hit some big shots. And Bruce Brown has hit some big shots, but I would take Joe Harris over him for a big shot, obviously. That's what I would do. But it is an interesting signing, though. Like I said, I was really surprised. I couldn't believe it. Like, I know I know, it, he was expected to go there, but still, you never know. Rumors are rumors. You wait till it happens. You wait till it happens because anything could change. So I'm sure Griffin, will, I'm sure the Nets will announce it later on today, and we'll see if he plays on Thursday against the Celtics, or maybe they'll wait till, like, Saturday when they play the Pistons. That would be interesting. Because we got Nets basketball coming up pretty soon. And I know I said I was going to talk about the Nets and the uh, the Islanders breaking down their season so far. That'll come... Uh, I'll do that like tomorrow morning then. Because I got to do the Revolution review later. So I'll do that tomorrow morning. You know, breaking down the Islanders and the Nets season so far. But yeah. It has... It ha- uh, like sometime it'll come up. If it's not tomorrow morning, then it'll come up a different time. If I can't do it tomorrow morning. So then it would come up a different time. But yeah. With Blake Griffin coming to the Nets though, it is something. It seriously is. You know what? Screw it. I'll, I'll break down the Islanders in the Nets season right now. While I'm on, you know, Blake Griffin right now, I'll do it right now. We'll throw it into one. We'll throw it into one. But you know, I got a I got a friend who's a huge Blake Griffin fan. He hates that he's coming to the Nets. I'm like, but you're a huge Blake Griffin fan. Like, why aren't you happy that he's on the Nets? And he has a chance to win a ring. Because that's his favorite player in the NBA. It's been like that for a very long time. You know, he was a Clippers fan when Griffin was there. And he was a Pistons fan when Griffin was there. So now, I'm sure he'll be a Nets fan, but he doesn't like it. He says he'd rather him in Golden State. I'm like, but Golden State's not a contender. If Klay Thompson was healthy, then yeah, they would be a contender. That would make sense, sure. Sure, absolutely. But your favorite player in the NBA has a chance to win a ring. And you're not happy about it? That doesn't make any sense. That just, that doesn't make any sense right there. So what would be better for him in Golden State? And why would and why would he go to Denver for? Because he said, like, you know, I saw one of his posts, like, oh, Griffin and Denver would be nice. I mean, yeah, but Denver, I mean, they've kind of been, you know, whatever this year. Are they legit contenders? But, yeah, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. But are they a legit threat this year? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. 
I mean, I know he loves Griffin, but I'm actually kind of surprised that he hates that he's going to the Nets. I'm actually really surprised by that. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty surprised. But I'm happy for him. You know, I know Griffin's 31, six-time All-Star. Like I said, I think he could be a Hall of Famer. You know, maybe if he wins a couple rings, then yeah, he definitely could. Maybe if he makes like one or two more All-Star games, because he definitely has a lot left in the tank, I believe. I still think he's a good defender, you know. And he wasn't shooting good in Detroit. He wasn't shooting good in Detroit at all. Just he has been, hasn't been the same player, but maybe things will change. Maybe things will change. Maybe he'll start dunking now. And Detroit will be like, oh my God, he actually started dunking. (laughs) But like I said, yeah, with Griffin, wherever he goes next season, because he's only signed for the remainder of this season, so wherever he goes next year, Detroit's still paying most of his salary. So I got to pay him $29 million. So that's that's going to hurt Detroit for a while. It seriously is. It's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. But we'll see how it all turns out. Like I said, you know, he's got guys that will elevate him. And if they can't, then it won't be worth it. That's all I'm saying. But you know what? At least it'll be Griffin playing instead of TLC. Because TLC, I'll be honest with you guys. TLC, listen... He has his games where he's a really good shooter and he can hit almost every three. You know, he had that. He had a huge game against the Lakers a couple weeks ago on TNT. He was shooting. He was shooting really good. He really was. That was a huge game for him right there, especially on national television. That was huge. But he's an inconsistent ball player. Like when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he is off. So people should be happy. Griffin is taking his spot right there. He's not taking. Claxton spot you know Jeff Green we know has been banged up a little bit so yeah he's kind of taking Jeff Green's spot but be honest who would you rather right now Griffin or Jeff Green Jeff Green's been nice for the Nets but you know his shoulders banged up now you know thanks to that bastard Patrick Beverly and what he did to him a couple weeks ago and piece of garbage you know Griffin's gonna get more playing time obviously I feel like more than Jeff Green but he's not taking Claxton's spot away they're not gonna do that Claxton's the backup center. He'll be taking DeAndre Jordan's minutes. So he's not taking Claxton's spot away. I think Steve Nash has seen what Claxton is all about. He's not going to take him out of the rotations. He's not going to do that. You know, I think who's going to get cut now for the Nets? You know, people are saying it might be Shumpert. It would be a shame. We've barely seen Shumpert play. It might, well, do you really want to cut Roberson? Roberson, do you really want to cut him? I mean, yeah, he can't shoot. But he's a great defender. He can't shoot at all. He can't shoot at all. And he's tried that for the net so far. But he is a great defender. Do you really want to get rid of a great defender? You know, but... Like I said, defense wins championships. And you have Roberson... I keep calling him Roberson. Roberson out there. I've called him Roberson for years. But you have Roberson out there. He can really clamp somebody up right there. He really could. But we'll see how it all turns out. But I'm happy for the Nets signing Griffin. I'm happy, you know, Blake Griffin has a chance to get a ring, you know. Because, like I said, he was one of the most dominant players of this generation. He seriously was. In L.A., L.A. Blake Griffin, L.A. Clippers Blake Griffin was different. Really different. Like, seriously. Seriously, seriously different. It's really a shame that Lob City didn't get to win a ring. You know, you had CP3, you had Blake Griffin, you had DeAndre Jordan... They were a great combo. They deserve to win. They seriously deserve to win. But it was a shame, though. You know, Blake Griffin wanted to stay with the Clippers, and Steve Ballmer got rid of him because he signed that he signed that big extension, and then they traded him to Detroit. 
So it really was a shame to see that right there. We know that there's a lot of, uh, there's no love lost with the Clippers and, you know, Blake Griffin. I think it really was stupid for Stephen A. Smith to say, oh, if Blake Griffin wants to go back to Clippers, he should apologize to Steve Ballmer. I'm like, why should Griffin apologize? He was the one that got traded. He signed the extension there, and they traded him away. He wanted to stay with the Clippers. He was loyal to the Clippers, and he wanted to stay there. But they traded him away. Steve Ballmer traded him away. So that's on him. It's not Blake Griffin's fault. Steve Ballmer should get on the phone and apologize. I know Steve Ballmer tried to shake his hand, I believe, a couple of years ago. or Yeah, I believe it was a couple of years ago, and Griffin just walked away. I won't, he, he didn't have to stay there, Griffin. I know some people are going after him, like, oh, my God, why didn't he just shake his hand? Oh, be humble. He doesn't have to be humble for when somebody trades you away like that and basically slaps you in the face, which is what it was. You don't have to be humble and shake the guy's hand. You don't have to be. It really was a shame for Griffin. It really was. And he's wasted his talent out there in Detroit. He's wasted his, well, you know, wasted his, I should say his career. You know, his talent is really there. His talent still. Like I said, I believe he still has a little bit left in the tank. We'll see how he does. Because, you know, this is big for Griffin. Because, you know, like I said, the Nets can only give him almost $6 million if they want to bring him back next season. They can't give him a huge contract. So Blake Griffin, even like if he's not a net next season, he's going to have to take a low contract because nobody's going to pay him a huge contract. Despite how he plays with the Nets, he can go off every single game or most games. I don't think anybody should give Griffin a big contract after the season. You know, he's getting old. He's going to be, he's still 31. When's he going to be 32? I just want to check real quick. Let's see, he'll be 32. Oh, this month on the 16th, he'll be 32. Okay. So next uh, next Tuesday, he'll be 32. Okay, so yeah, he'll be 32. He'll be 32, you know. Are his legs still there? It almost doesn't seem like, you know, they are, but I don't know. I really don't know. If we get a little bit of L.A. Clippers, Blake Griffin on the Nets, you can really say scary hours. You really, really could. It will be interesting, though, but like I said, you know, despite how Griffin plays for the Nets the rest of the way, I don't think anybody should give him a huge contract. Give him a low contract, and he's just going to have to accept it. You know, he, I'm not telling him what to do, but nobody's going to give him a big contract. Nobody's giving him a max contract. Nobody's going to do that. I think a team would be really stupid to do that, you know, because you really set yourself back if you do that, but we'll see. But I'm happy for Blake Griffin. Welcome to Brooklyn. Let's go win a championship. That's the goal. That's the goal every season. Win a championship. No matter who your team is, the goal every year is to win a championship. It's what it is. It's the truth. Alright guys, so now, like I said, I was going to put it all in one. So now we'll break down my New York Islanders and Brooklyn Nets season. So since we're on the Brooklyn Nets, obviously, we'll talk about them then. So the Brooklyn Nets right now are 24-13. and 13. They're a half a game out of first place in the Eastern Conference. So they're in second place right now. I got to admit, though, I got to admit, I was pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous at the start of the season. You know, the Nets started off really good. They blew out Golden State, and then they blew out Boston. It was great. You know, everybody was getting hype. It's like, okay, here we go now. You know, it was just, you know, Katie and Kyrie, and we had Spencer Dinwiddie and Lavert and Allen, Prince, you know. Really good pieces. Really good pieces right there, you know. But we lost Dinwiddie towards ACL in Charlotte. 
And, you know, he might come back later on this year, they keep talking about. You know, there's a huge rumor that he might. So, I... I mean, it is possible that he could come back. But I really don't know if he's going to. That's the, that's the thing. I don't know if he's going to. I would be very surprised if he does. But we don't know. You know, and... And the Nets, you know, they struggled for a little while. You know, KD was on the, you know, COVID protocol list, you know, in early January. And I was like, we lost him for a couple games. And then Kyrie, you know, left the team without telling the team, you know, before they played. Before they played, before they played Philly and they beat them that night without KD and Kyrie. And we didn't know if Kyrie was going to come back because he wasn't talking to the... I think he was talking to the players, but he wasn't talking to management. We didn't know if he was going to ever come back. We just didn't know. You know, us Nets fans, we were, we were afraid. I'm sure some weren't. That's fair enough to say. But you get worried, like, oh, my God, is he actually going to come back? Like, what's going on? But we didn't know what was going on with him. We just didn't know. Maybe he really just needed to clear his head, you know, because we know that he's... You know, we, we know that he's, I think he has, I'm not trying, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a therapist. I don't want to be, I don't want to diagnose him, but I feel like he does have depression. You can kind of sense it sometimes, you know, you, you kind of can. And I have depression as well. And I'm not knocking him at all. It's, it's okay to come out and talk about it. You know, like two years ago, he was talking about, you know, like the media said he has like, mood, you know, mood swings. I mean, everybody has mood swings. He's correct. I'm not going to knock him at all. I'm like, no, because I have mental health issues as well. So I can't, I'm not going to knock him. I feel bad for him. I really do. I love Kyrie. But, of course, I was getting worried, you know, like, is he going to come back? Like, what's going on with him? But then I started to see, like, maybe something's really going on with him. Like, maybe he's just not all there. Maybe he's just not happy right now. And that's fine, you know. It's like professional athletes have feelings too, you know. They seriously do. And I guess he just needed to clear his head for a while. And then, you know, he eventually came back. And I was happy that he came back. You know, he didn't look... He didn't look like he was too happy when he was back. I was like, mm, he just doesn't look like he's happy, but he, he's happy now. We know that he is. You know, he's a very he's a very woke person, Kyrie. He really is. And that's what I love about him. He's very woke. He tells it like it is. He just tells it like it is. You know, he's very inspirational. He really is. He is a good he is a good guy, Kyrie. A lot of people call him crazy, but he's not. He's just genuinely a good person. Oh, but he's a cancer in Cleveland. Oh, he's a cancer in Boston. He's going to kill the Nets. Okay, enough now, please. You could say he was a cancer in Cleveland. Okay, whatever. I mean, they won a championship, did, did they not? And who hit, who hit that game when he shot in game six? Oh, but LeBron, not game six, game seven, excuse me. Oh, but who had the block on Iguodala? Okay, yeah, LeBron, but who hit the game when he shot? I'm sure some people won't even answer that. Like, who hit that game when he shot? Kyrie did. There you go. You know, and whatever happened in Boston, I mean, we just really don't know what happened out there. But, you know, a lot of Celtic players have come out and they've embraced Kyrie. So they, they know that he's not a cancer. Kyrie's not a cancer. He's really not. He's just not. But I'm happy, though, that he's happy. And I'm always happy to see Kyrie happy. When he smiles, it feels, it, it's great. So anytime Kyrie smiles, an angel gets its wings. So I'm happy for him. I seriously am. You know, he needed to clear his head for a while. And ever since he's come back, you know, ever since the big three right there, you know, him, KD, and Harden, 
We'll get to Harden in a second. You know, when they've been on the court, they've been lethal. But then, you know, after... But, um, okay. You know, after the, um... After the, uh, the Nets beat Denver, I believe it was. Yeah, they beat Denver at home. They beat Denver at home. And then the next day on January 13th, they made the trade. James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. That whole big trade, seeing Jared Allen go, Prince, Kurutz, Lavert. It was hard to see those guys go. It really was. But this was the bigger picture right here. And everybody was saying, oh, the Nets give way too much. They're going to be so terrible. Who's going to play defense? Well, listen. And they've added defense, obviously. You know, they've added, you know, Robertson and Shumpert. You know, and now adding Blake Griffin. But, you know, James Harden has been amazing for the Nets. He seriously has. He's been fun to watch. I believe he's got like 10 or 11 triple doubles already for the Nets. And the most triple doubles by a net was Jason Kidd. I believe he had like 65, I believe, throughout his whole career with the Nets. James Harden might break that pretty soon. Not this season, but maybe like next season. He might. But what a trade this has been for the Nets. And like I said, if they win a championship, then the trade was all worth it. Right now, it feels like the trade was all worth it. But they haven't won anything yet. They haven't won anything yet. They haven't been to a conference finals, I believe, since it might be 03-04 when they lost to Detroit. I believe it was that season. I believe it was that season. So it's been a long, long time since they've been to a conference finals. Long time. And listen, to the Knicks fans out there who are saying that we're trying to take over New York or we say we take over New York, we're not thinking about the Knicks at all. You live rent-free in our heads. Or we live... No, no, we live rent... Actually, no, let me take that back. That's the other way around. We live rent-free in your heads. You know, the whole Knicks fans after, like, one game at the Garden, you know, since fans have been allowed back, like, there was that one game the Knicks won at home, and they were chanting, fuck Brooklyn. I'm like, okay. I can guarantee you when... When the Nets play on Thursday against Boston, if we win, we're not going to be chanting, fuck the Knicks. We don't care about the Knicks. You want us to care about your team so much. So you could say, oh, Nets fans, all they do is care about us. But no, you care about us, though. We don't care about your team. We don't care. We legit don't care. Like, seriously, I hate to break it to you, but we don't care about you guys. You guys are having a nice story this year. Good for you guys, but we don't care. We're looking for a championship. You guys are just looking just to be there. That's the truth. It's a cold-hearted truth. We're looking for a championship. But whatever. Keep you know, keep talking shit. Keep thinking that, you know, we give a shit about you guys. We really don't. I'm just saying. We'll see you on, we'll see you next Monday though. <laughs> we'll see how much you talk shit then. But still. You know, that trade with Harden though, it was something. I was at my friend's house. I was gonna watch the Nets and the Knicks on January 13th. I went to his house to go watch the game. We hung out, you know, obviously a few hours before the game. I was in his apartment. And I checked my phone, and I was hearing that Harden got traded to the Nets. And I was like, no, no way this is real. And I kept refreshing it. And it was all over the place. And I'm like, oh, my God, who did they give up? And I'm thinking, when they gave up all those pieces, I'm like, mm, that's a lot of pieces given up. But it's all been worth it. So far, it has. But they have actually, no, no, it, it has been. I shouldn't say so far, but yeah. It really has been worth it because they've added other pieces as well. It's not like they've done nothing. They've added other pieces. You know, 
it's been fun. It really has, you know, especially, you know, I think James Harden's best game as a net was definitely the game against the Suns. Definitely the game against the Suns. Where he just took over. The Nets came all the way back to beat the Suns. And he was basically all by himself. Hit that game-winning shot. It was beautiful. Beautiful. It's all been worth, but, you know, like, you know, in February was kind of, was definitely a rough month for KD. You know, going back on the COVID-19 protocol list, you know, after the whole thing with contact tracing, like when the Nets were playing Toronto at home, KD couldn't play because he, I don't know, they had to go back and get tested, then he came back out, and then he had to leave the game again. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then, you know, we didn't see KD for the next couple of games, but then we saw him in the return, in his return to Golden State, and he played a decent game, but then we heard now that he has a hamstring problem, and he's still out right now with the hamstring. And we don't know when he's going to come back, because I think he's still getting tested for it. But I think it's good that KD doesn't rush himself back because, you know, you don't want to you don't want to see him, you know, blow out anything like he did in Golden State. When he rushed himself back for Game 5, he didn't have to do that, but he did. But hopefully he doesn't rush himself back. We know the Nets aren't going to rush him back, but hopefully KD himself doesn't rush himself back. And hopefully we see him soon. So we can finally see... Scary hours again, like Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been it's been rough for KD. It really has, you know, getting put on the COVID nineteen protocol list not once but twice, and now the hamstring problem. Like KD, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's frustrated as hell right now, and we know he's gonna use all that aggression when he gets back on the court. All that frustrations right there. We know he's gonna use it when he gets right back on the court. But you know, the Nets right now, you know, they're riding a two-game win streak, and before the All-Star break, they went to San Antonio, beat them in overtime, and they beat Houston and James Harden's return there. We got Boston on Thursday. So a couple more days off. You know, uh, we got a nice three-game homestand right here against the Celtics, against the Pistons, and against the Knicks. So we'll see what happens. You know, these games, the Nets really should win. They should beat Boston. They're better than Boston. They should get re- redemption against Detroit after getting blown out by Detroit in Detroit, you know, last month, and, you know, Nets versus Knicks, it actually, it will be a tough game, because the Knicks are really good defensively, they're not better than Nets, obviously, that's obvious fact, but they will give us a run for our money, because they do have really good defense, they have a great coach in Thibodeau, they seriously do, but in the end, we should beat them, but it's a rival, so you never know what will happen, you know, you never know what will happen, but we should win that game, we just should. But I'm very, you know, proud of my Nets. You know, at first I was really, you know, afraid, thinking like, at the start of the season, like, you know, what's going to happen? Are we actually going to be a good team? Like, do we have enough depth and pieces? But all the pieces that we've added right now, I am really excited to see how the Nets go forward now. You know, they really should win the East. They They seriously should. They are better than Philly. They are better than them. Here's the thing. The first time they played Philly... They beat them without KD and Kyrie, and that was before they had Harden. You know, Philly did beat us the second time, and that's when we just had Harden. We didn't have Kyrie or KD in that game. But the Nets, in a seven-game series, they are better than Philly. And I will mention this, though. In the 2018-2019 season, the Nets should have beaten Philly with D'Angelo Russell and LaVert and Harris and Hollis Jefferson, Carroll, Allen, Napier, Ed Davis, all those guys right there. Jared Dudley, my man. The Nets really should have beaten that Philly team. Because they beat them in game one. Game two, 
they really should have won that game. That game was close, but after Embiid hit that dirty elbow on Allen, the Nets really should have just destroyed Philly after that. Game three, Embiid didn't play in game three. The Nets should have taken advantage and won, but they didn't. Game four, they really should have won too. They blew it right there. You know, you could say, oh, but Dudley, you know, get into the fight right there. I mean, yeah, sure, but then Butler was ejected too. You know, but the Nets really should have won that game. Game five, they just weren't ready for it. So they, they should have been up, in general, they should have been up three games to one. Because I, I can understand losing game two, but they should have won game three and game four. And they would have got blown out in game five. Okay, whatever. And they could have went back home and took the series in game six. They really should have beaten that Philly team. They seriously should have. But they can get huge redemption maybe this year if they play them in the playoffs. Who knows? That's just my opinion. I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but it's whatever. But I'm really proud of the Nets right now. They're half a game behind Philly in first place. And let's see where they go the rest of the way now. I'm really excited to see what they do. So now let's talk about my New York Islanders. We haven't really talked about them much at all this year. The Islanders are first place right now. They are in first place in the division right now. They are first place in the Mass Mutual East division. They lead by two points, you know, because Washington's in second place. This is really, this is really been something for the Islanders too. They are 10-0-2 at home this year. They have not lost a regulation game at home this year. Oh, but you guys have only beaten the Devils and the Sabres. Okay, yeah, we've beaten the Sabres all six times we faced them. The Devils we've beaten twice out of the three times we faced them. But did we not beat the Bruins three times? We're facing them tomorrow. We're looking to beat them for a fourth time. You know, we've beaten the Rangers twice. We've beaten Pittsburgh twice. We haven't beat Philly or Washington. We are facing Philly and Washington coming up pretty soon after we play the Bruins. And then after we play the Devils three straight times, we play Washington and Philly after that. So we'll see how that turns out. But I'm really excited, you know, with the uh, with the Islanders, you know, especially watching the last couple games, especially them being afternoon games, which is always great. And then beating the Sabres three times in a row, five to two. But that's what you got to do. You got to beat these bad teams. I remember I saw a drive for five on TikTok. Like somebody said, like, that exact, that exact same thing. You're only beating Buffalo and the Devils. Like, what's that supposed to mean, though? Okay, yeah, Buffalo and New Jersey, well, the Devils just beat. They just shut out the Bruins one nothing yesterday, which is pretty shocking. But it doesn't matter if those teams have bad records. These are still professional athletes on the ice. They're there for a reason. It's professional athletes. Anybody can win. It just happens. You never know what can happen. You know what I mean? I was pretty surprised the Islanders put up seven goals against the Bruins not too long ago. I was really surprised that happened. That's something that never happens. You never, you never see the Islanders score that many goals. You really don't. You really don't. But this team has been something. You know, Andrews Lee leading the team in goals. You know, Barzell. That was a beautiful goal Barzell had on Saturday. Right, three, right between the legs. Between the legs. Barzy, man. That was something. You know, Pajot kind of got off to a slow start this year, but he's recently picked it up a lot, which has been good. Everly's been good. Nelson's been good recently, you know, because Nelson was kind of struggling for a bit. You know, um, the fourth line, you know, the identity line has still been great. You know, they've been, they were huge, actually, in that Buffalo series. The last three games against Buffalo, they really stepped up a lot. Uh, the Islanders' defense has been great this year. You know, they've, they haven't actually... They actually, they actually haven't, they, uh, excuse me, Jesus. This whole season with the Islanders defense, they haven't made one change. 
it's been the same thing. Pellick, Pollock, Letty and Mayfield, and Green and Dobson. They haven't changed it at all. We haven't seen anybody else play on the defensive pairs. Nobody else. Nobody. It's been the same thing every game. And it's all worked out. It's all worked out. And oh, yeah, I can't forget Oliver Wallstrom being a huge part of this team right now. He's really kicked it into a new high gear. You know, he's been he, – he is an amazing hockey player. He really is. Got a great slap shot, almost Ovechkin-like. You know, we'll see if he turns out to be as good as Ovechkin. You know, we'll have to wait and see. He's still young. He's 20 years old. So he's got a long career ahead of him. Um, see, with the – I got a thing with the third line. So the third line right now for the Islanders is Dow Cole, Pajot, and Wallstrom. So you have to legit think. So you know Pajot and Walsham have their spots, you know, going into the playoffs. If the Islanders, well, it's not guaranteed they'll make it. But if they say if they do make the playoffs, because you never know, anything can happen. Let's not, like, you know, let's, let's see what happens, though. Because, you know, the top four teams in the division make the playoffs. So it's still tight right now. You know, unless the Islanders just keep winning games and they start to run away with the division, then I'll become less nervous. But even then, I still would be nervous. Um, but you look at the third line. Does Dow Cole... In a playoff series, does he get that spot right there on the third line? Because you know Pajon and Wallstrom have their spots. Does Dow Cole get in the playoffs? Because Dow Cole has had a solid season. The last couple games, he's kind of been eh. The last couple games, to be honest, you know, he's had a lot of chance to get in front of the net and score, and he hasn't done that. He's moved away a lot from the net, which is kind of concerning. Maybe he's not confident in his shot. Eh, so, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, like, okay... He has been playing solid, but mm, you go into the playoffs, is he going to be, you know, a huge factor for the Islanders? I mean, you have guys like, you know, you have Bellows who's young and inexperienced, but you can give him some experience if you put him in a playoff series. You can give him a chance. You know, Bellows hasn't played since, I believe, was the 20th against Pittsburgh. So it's been a while since we've seen him. It was either the 20th or the 18th against Pittsburgh. They played him twice. I forget, I forget which game Bellows was kind of like ripped apart by Barry Trotz after the game. It may have been the 18th. I'm not too sure. You know, um, do you, really, you don't want to see Komarov in a playoff series. You really don't. You don't want to see them bring up Andrew Ladd. That's the last thing you want. Because look what he did against the Lightning last year. Where he just stood around there and Kucherov scored the game-winning goal in game two. We don't need that again. So I'd say, you know, even though Bellows doesn't have much experience, you know, if you're not going to go with Dal Cole, go with Bellows. That's a perfect third line right there. We'll see if Dow Cole steps up. Dow Cole can go on a huge streak right now. And I'd be you know, then he would definitely earn his spot. But I don't think he I don't think he's earned his spot right there. I just don't think he has. That's just my opinion. I don't think he has. You know, and who's been the, who's been the most disappointing for the Islanders this year? I mean, is it fair to say Dow Cole? I mean, he hasn't scored at all. So you could say him, but Josh, I feel like it's been Josh Bailey, and I'm not I'm not trying to hate on Josh Bailey. I know there's a lot of people out there that despise Josh Bailey. I don't despise Josh Bailey. I don't. He's the longest tenured Islander since 2008, so I got a lot of respect for him. He's got a couple more years left on his contract. He only has two goals this season. You know, but I feel like some games, you know, does he always give it full effort? Like that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the shootout right there where he barely did a move. I was like, it was basically like, like no effort right there, which kind of pissed me off. I was like, um, what, what effort was that? Like, what were you doing? I don't know. Much less he doesn't care. I can't say that. I shouldn't say that at all, but I don't know. I feel like he's just been, I don't know. Has he been the worst player on the team? I mean, I, 
it's hard to say. It really is. But Bailey is clutch, though, in big moments. We know that he is. We know that he's clutch. It is true, though. People don't want to admit it, but it's true. You know, um... I will say the biggest part of the Islanders this season has been the goaltending. You know, Varlamov has still been great this year. You know, last year, Varlamov was good. You know, a lot of people were mad Varlamov was on the team because, you know, we wanted Robin Leonard back. But I accepted Varlamov. You know, people wanted to give him shit. But it is what it is. Varlamov has been great this season. Sorokin has been a huge part for us. You know, getting his first two wins were shutouts, which was huge. You know... He did lose his first couple games in the season, you know, which was whatever. But he's really, you know, gotten used to the NHL game. It's not like how the KHL is, but he's gotten used to the NHL and its game. And he's been great. You know, it's great that Volamov is a mentor to him. And, you know, Volamov does have two more years left on his contract. You know, the big question is when will Sorokin be a starter? That's the big question. It's not like Varlamov has been bad. Varlamov has been amazing this year. He seriously has. He's been great. You know, you go into a playoff series, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want Sorokin to start. But it's just not going to happen. They're going to go with Varlamov. I know King MGJ has mentioned, like, oh, why don't they just do, like, a goalie rotation in the playoffs? Like, where, because he was bringing up that last year. Like, Varlamov starts one game and when Grice is with the Islands, let him start one game. I'm like, but they, they, they don't do that. It's not baseball. They don't, they don't use... It's not, it's not a rotation. They don't do that. They rarely do that. Unless one goalie struggled. Like, Varlamov struggled in Game 5 and Game 6 against Philly. And that's why they went to Grice in Game 7. And he got the big shutout for us. You know, but we'll see what happens there, though. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm really proud of my Islanders and of my Nets, you know. I couldn't be more proud. I really couldn't be more proud. I seriously couldn't. You know, it's great to see two of my teams be very successful. You know, we got the Yankees coming up pretty soon. They've had a decent spring training so far, which has been good. You know, we got that starting up on April 1st. You know, my Cowboys are fucking, they're a joke, you know, with the whole thing with Prescott still. Can't wait to talk about that, whether they franchise tag him or they actually sign him. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, the future's bright for the Nets and the Islanders. Yankees, well, yeah, the future's obviously bright for them. We'll see what happens. I mean, this this Islanders team, though, this Islanders team, they really could win the Stanley Cup. They seriously could. They were two wins away from getting to the Stanley Cup finals last year. They were that close. You know, the team that they have right now, you know, I know everybody says we don't have goal scorers, but everybody's really picked it up recently. You know, when they had those couple days off because, you know, Buffalo had problems, you know, with COVID. So the Islanders basically got like a week off. And ever since then... They've been the hottest team in the league. They've been the best team in the league. They've been beating everybody in sight. I mean, I'm sure the games they've lost, you know, were to Pittsburgh. That's fair enough. They always give us a run for our money. But, ever, you know, other than that, we've been the hottest team in the league. Nobody's been really able to get to us other than the Penguins. So that is what it is. But I'm really proud of this team right now. I couldn't be more proud of how this team is playing. Really couldn't. And we'll see how they go now going forward. You know, they got, a, you know, they got, you know, four games this week right here. Got the Bruins tomorrow. Got the Devils Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. They should win these next four games. They should win these next four games. They're on a five-game win streak. They should be on a nine-game win streak after Sunday. They really should be. 
But anything is possible. These are professional athletes, and anything is possible. Not, not every game is a guaranteed win. No game is a guaranteed win in any sport. No game is. But the way the Islanders are playing, they just got to keep it up. That's all they got to do. But all right, guys. So Blake Griffin, welcome to the Nets. You know, let's see what happens. You know, my Brooklyn Nets, I'm very happy how they've played so far this year. Let's keep it going. And we get back to work on Thursday against Boston. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. For the Islanders, let's keep it going as well. We got the Bruins tomorrow. So let's keep it going. Let's win our sixth game in a row. And let's see what happens. Champ- I'm, li- I'm really hoping it would be some- It would be really something if the Nets and the Islanders both could win championships. That would be huge for me. That would be fucking amazing. Jesus Christ. But we'll see what happens. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I will talk to you guys later on this afternoon with my AEW Revolution review. Like I said, like I said, the ending of Revolution was disappointing. It seriously was. You know, I'm, I'm going to give my opinions on that later on. But like I said, that disappointing ending right there, it shouldn't define the whole pay-per-view. Because the pay-per-view still was good. There were some good parts of the pay-per-view. There still was. But people want to complain saying that ruined the pay-per-view for me. Oh, my God. I can't believe I spent all that money on this pay-per-view. Like, oh, my God. Stop it. Then you want simply... You, you see, these people say the same thing about WWE, but then they still watch Monday and Friday. So you're going to watch Dynamite on Wednesday. We'll see you on Wednesday night. That's going to be the new thing. Now we'll see you on Wednesday. I mean, come on. It is what it is. It is what it is. I, it, you know... Can't make, can't make wrestling fans happy. You just can't. You just can't. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. And I will talk to you guys later on this afternoon. Talk to you then, guys.